Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Think about the people you went to college with. How many are still married and how many are happy? When kids walk across the stage and get their diploma and they're excited, they never imagine what their future is going to be because in their minds, it's glorious and wonderful. But how do we get there if it goes bad? The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mental, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just so glad that you've joined us. Guess what, Dr. Linda? It's the weekend again. Yes. Can you believe it? It it just seems to come every seven days. It, every seven <laughs> this, this happens every seven That's days, right. and I'm still not used to it. But um, I know. it's nice to see you again. We have our favorite producer. Dr. Norm Mental on the phone. It's this new technology we're using called yeah, the phone. telephone, right? <laughs> and he is uh, going to join us today based on a, a conversation about his blog that he recently wrote that you liked. I did. And we're basing the show on his, he's got a leadership blog on mm-hmm. medium.com, but you can see his blogs on something called True North Leadership if you're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that's an easier way to get to the blog, True North Leadership on Facebook. And this one asked the question, how will you measure your life? Hmm. I really liked that. Right. It sounded like an important issue for us to talk about. And so we asked him if he would be our guest for this show. He probably needs a proper introduction. We've done this before, but hey, why not? Let's do it again. Yeah. So Dr. Norm Mintel holds an earned PhD in organizational leadership. He has served in executive positions across a broad range of media organizations and as a dean in multiple universities. He invites you to join him, as I mentioned, on True North Leadership on Facebook. He was the executive producer for lots of TV shows and documentaries. We had him on to talk about his documentary series, Inexplicable, how Christianity spread to the ends of the earth. And you can find that six-part series on thestateoffaith.com. It won television awards, and he was also the producer of The Huckabee Show. So lots and lots of media and academic experience. So he stays busy is what we're saying. That's right. Okay. Still well, still busy. Welcome to the uh, telephone, Dr. Uh, Norm. It's good to have you with us again on the show. Thank, you. Thank <laughs> you, you. You started your blog with an interesting quote from someone named Clayton Christensen. Here's what he said. Think about the metric by which your life will be judged and make a resolution to live every day so that in the end, your life will be judged a success. That's a challenging quote. Yes, and that's what grabbed my attention, Chris, as I was reading an article about him and then another one by him. It's interesting because the coincidence of time, and I guess we Christians don't necessarily believe everything's coincidental, but more ordained. And I was asked to speak at a class an honors class, and an honors class is all those smart, smart kids. <laughs> <laughs> the creme de la creme. The ones know? Chris and I were involved in. Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I was asked to speak on leadership and media and that sort of thing, and those are two of my favorite topics in the whole wide world. So as I read this article, 
what happened was I changed my entire lecture approach and I thought, you know what, these kids ought to be smart enough to begin thinking about how their life will be measured one day. I mean, at this point, they're 19, 20, 21 years old, and I'm sure they're not thinking about these kinds of thoughts that older folks like us think about. But Christensen had written an article way back in 2010 called How Will You Measure Your Life? And that completely inspired a shift in my lecture, and actually it turned out really well. Yeah, so I think this is one of the great questions of life. I think it's one we obviously all have to answer at some point, right? So how do I or will someone else measure the success of my life? What do you think about that? Well, don't you wonder sometimes, though, if God has this meter that sits in heaven, he calls it his his success meter, and (laughs) does it work the same as ours? Boy, you know, Chris, Linda and I have talked about this many times, how we view success and how hard we work to achieve whatever we view as success. Our metric says you do this, this, and this, and you're at a level of success. I don't know that God necessarily looks at it that way. I think God looks on the heart. God looks on a whole lot of other factors in our life, including our obedience to him and his word, our love for one another, on and on and on. So I think you're right, Chris. That's a great question. I think God's metric is way different than ours sometimes. Yeah, I always talk about, Norm, how he values things that relate to eternity and what will be important one day, not necessarily Mm -hmm. what we think is important today. But how much do you think people really have introspection with this question? How often do we say, gee, I wonder how I'll measure my life one day? Maybe at funerals. I think you're probably right. The truth is, I wasn't thinking about it until I came across this article. I go, Mm. oh, yeah. (laughs) And so that's why I thought, hmm. 20-year-olds really don't think about this because <laughs> they're, they're, they're worried about whether they have a date for Friday night <laughs> as opposed to whether or not they're going to have a successful life measured that way by God. So Christensen even admits in his article that as he does this, and, and he died last year, by the way. Oh, he did? But okay. he, he was a professor at Harvard for many, many years. And at the end of every semester, he would ask the question, how will you measure your life? And he says, my faith informs and motivates this question and how I help them, the students ponder them. So these are the three questions. First, how can I be sure that I'll be happy in my career? Wow. That's a good question for students. I think it's a good question for us. Mm, I mean, we're probably thinking about that every time we think about our job and think about making a change or should we make a change? Right. Second, how can I be sure that this is this is interesting. How can I be sure that my relationships with my spouse and my family become, listen, an enduring source of happiness? Wow. Yeah, again, it's one of the things that people say is so important when they're you know, when they go to a funeral and someone dies, they don't talk about their business or their, you know, how much money they made. They talk about the relationships that were important in their life. Mm-hmm. And we are concerned in our culture about relational happiness. So that's a good one, too. And then finally, Chris, this one's for you. How can I be sure I stay out of jail? <laughs> yeah, I'll need to know more about that one. That's um, <laughs> That might apply. That is a weird question. How do I stay out of jail? It's a great question because it, it gets our attention. I got our attention, right? Yeah, did. Right. His point is it's about integrity. So let's come oh, back to that okay. one, the third one. 
because our world is so full of crazy, toxic, evil leaders right now. And sometimes even in the Christian community, uh, that integrity issue is really important. Well, I think we could all agree to that. And we're seeing so many different things that are problematic. But let's go back to the first one and take a little bit of a deeper dive into some of these. So how can I be sure I'll be happy in my career? Well, you probably know the name Frederick Hertzberg. He was an American psychologist, and he became very famous in the business world as he helped businesses manage different aspects of what I think you guys call industrial psychology. And he says that the most powerful motivator in life, in the business world especially, isn't money. He says it's the opportunity to learn, grow in responsibility, contribute to other people in your business and to be recognized for your achievements. You know, that sounds very reminiscent of a author uh, or a leader, rather, that you mention quite often, Norm. Bob Chapman, you're right. I've referenced him many times in my blogs. He's the CEO and chairman at a company most people have never heard of. It's called Barry Waymiller Companies. But he's a multi-billion dollar multinational company that he inherited from his dad when his dad died prematurely of a heart attack. It began to flourish when he came out of church one Sunday and he said his priest had preached about caring for one another. And he realized that each one of his employees was someone's precious child and that he should begin cherishing. That was his word, cherishing them, every one of them individually. You know, Dr. Norm, that's a it's a strong idea, but it really shouldn't be anything new to Christians. And, uh, you know, family and values really should be what's first. Do we what, see that, though? That's the issue. Do nah, we actually see that in action? Not too much. Not yeah. too much, which yeah. is probably why we're uh, talking about this today on the Dr. Linda Mental <laughs> Show. When we come back, we have a couple more points to talk about, and we're going to uh, focus on how the relationship with family and your spouse affects long-term happiness. Are your priorities all out of line? Are you running through the kitchen because the sight of dishes in the sink is more than you can bear? Or avoiding the laundry room for fear a pile of dirty jeans will jump up and grab you? Are extra hours spent at work or outside commitments taking a toll on your home and family? Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor. And if this sounds anything like your house, you may have a priority problem. Getting your priorities in line might feel like trying to rein in a bucking bronco, but it can be done. Here are a few keys. Take small steps. Don't try to attack laundry and housekeeping all at once. Spread the work out and enlist the help of family members. And don't put things off. Piling another dish and a cup in the sink won't help. Instead, try and stay ahead by handling cleaning up more regularly. Look, we all have occasions when we have to hurry off and leave a job or two undone. But if this is your habit, you may need a priority adjustment. And you can do it one step at a time. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental and Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental author and speaker. And social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and writing on relationships. But we also want you to listen to and share the weekly podcast. Those are on Faith Radio and also on all your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. Dr. Norm, before the break, we were just getting started on a question that involved 
how to be sure I can be happy in my career. Before we move on, there were a couple more points you wanted to make. Thanks, Chris. We talked about cherishing people, and uh, that was the great discovery of Bob Chapman and his company. And he is, his company blew up after that to just acquire dozens and dozens of companies worldwide and have billions and billions of dollars of revenue. And I think there's a direct correlation with showing how much you care for people because we just don't see that. It's not a new idea, loving each other, cherishing each other, but the business world isn't really well known for, for that kind so of true. personal care. I mean, even in Christian organizations that I've worked in, boy, sometimes you struggle and people will say and ask me questions like, is this really a Christian organization? Mm, wow. I mean, I it doesn't act like it. It does seem to be, Norm, the exception and not the rule. I, like you, I've worked for several Christian organizations, and I can honestly say that sometimes I didn't see a big difference between the secular places I had worked. I think I'll join Bob Christensen on this and say Jesus agrees with us when he says our happiness grows at an exponential rate in direct proportion to our ability to take the focus off of ourselves and put it on others, be concerned about our employees, our partners, our customers, the parishioners in our church, our fellow worshipers. Just do what Jesus said, love one another. Yeah, and wouldn't it be great if we could be known for that in our organizations and that people would come into a Christian organization and say, wow, there's just something really special about this place. And I feel the love and I feel the goodwill that people had. And I feel like people are being reciprocal in the way that I treat them and they treat me. So I just think that that would make such a better world. And I don't know why this is so hard for this to become a super spreader. (laughs) Good one. Good one. Yeah. Well, the second question that Christensen asked is, how can I be sure that my relationships with my spouse and family become an enduring source of happiness? That sounds like a Dr. Linda type question. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I thought, too. This one's real shrinky, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there are thousands of ways we work on personal relationships. That's what this show is all about, right? Right. This is a relationship show, and Dr. Linda is the relationship doctor. And Chris keeps me on my toes by asking me the right questions. And uh, a lot of times just bringing the everyday perspective to what we're talking about, which is so valuable, because sometimes shrinky people like me can kind of get off on so much of the pathology, and we we sometimes need to be brought back to the everyday stuff. In my blog, I asked the question, uh, think about the people you went to college with, for those of us who are out of college. (laughs) And we knew, Linda and I knew a whole lot of people in our college who ended up married. The question is, how many are still married to that spouse? And the ones that are, how many are happy? Or how many are divorced or disillusioned or even worse? And so when kids walk across the stage and get their diploma and they're excited, they never imagine what their future is going to be because in their minds, it's glorious and wonderful. But how do we get there if it goes bad? Yeah, are you thinking about your college friends, Chris? And are a lot of them still married and together? They don't speak to me for some reason, so I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) But I do, especially with Facebook, you can keep up with people. Yeah, and there are can. a lot of them that have their marriages have not survived. Yeah. So it is it is really a great question. And you took this one step further, Norm, and you argue that really this needs to be a life strategy. You need to create something. You need to figure out what the purpose of your life is front and center and how you're going to spend your time, how you're going to use your talents. And obviously, this is all informed by our relationship with the Lord. But if you make it a sort of more purposeful strategy, that probably is something that we all need to think about more. 
Right. And I called my blog True North because I want people to always pursue the North Star, Jesus, mm. the truth, honesty, integrity, and in everything we do professionally, personally in relationships, and of course, integrity in our authentic relationship with God. You know, Dr. Norm, I'm intrigued by this, uh, this life strategy idea. Uh, tell us more about that and how it will help ensure that, as you say, that relationships with our spouses and our families will become an enduring source of happiness. Well, I think that a True North leader, and in fact, anybody who is is honestly seeking a whole person relationship with God, is going to find the concept works. When you decide where you're going and you build a strategy toward that, this is kind of like the old version of creating a vision statement and a mission mm. statement and, and, and staying true to that. I remember a, a sermon when I was a kid, a pastor talking about the plum line. I go, what? Mm. Who, oh, yeah. who sticks a line in a fruit? No, no, no. It's this, <laughs> it's this weight at the bottom of a string that when you hang it, it goes straight down and you have a straight line and it gives you something to always measure decisions against. So is this a good idea? Is this something? Well, let's measure it against our life strategy. And, you know, I heard another sermon one time that I've always remembered, and a guy said, I don't know a single man who on his deathbed said, ah, I should have spent more time at the office. Yeah, <laughs> right. Christensen, Clayton Christensen, who wrote this article, was at Oxford and spent years there studying. And he said, while I was there, I decided to spend an hour every night reading, thinking, and praying about why God put me on this earth. Hmm. Interesting thought for an intellectual, especially someone studying at Oxford yeah. who should have been studying 24-7, not praying an hour a night. He said, this was a very challenging commitment to keep because every hour I spent doing that, I wasn't studying applied economics or econometrics in his world. As they would say in English. I was, in yeah, <laughs> I was conflicted about whether I could really afford to take that time away from my studies, but I stuck with it. And ultimately, it helped me figure out the purpose of my life. Wow. I mean, that is a lot of intention. I have to say, I don't know how many people yeah. would spend an hour every night turning off the television or, um, you know, spending time off the internet, just thinking about and contemplating their life. But, you know, it seems to me that the secret to implementing a successful like strategy and one that does answer that question about your home life and your relationship with your spouse and your children does have to do with how you allocate your time and your resources. Mm -hmm. And if we think about it, you know, we all have limited time. So today, just like yesterday and tomorrow, offers us the exact same number of seconds, minutes, and hours. And we know that right. every shrewd and wise leader and every parent and spouse has to allocate financial and personal resources to achieve their personal family or organizational goals. So that really is uh, an interesting thought. If you have a life strategy that allows you to always go back and measure how well am I doing, and you grade yourself, so to speak, maybe not harshly, but at least it keeps you on your toes. Like, am I deviating from my life strategy, from what God has called me to do and who God has called me to be? It gives us a great measuring point to build toward that success in life. Dr. Norm, before we go to the break, should we write this down somewhere or keep a chart? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. I think there are people who love to journal, and there are people who are much more analytical and mathematical in life, mm -hmm. and maybe that would work for them. I actually have the med students do that at the very beginning of their medical school career, write down and then look at it every year to see if they're on target or not. Wow, that's a great idea. Yeah. 
Well, we have life goals and we have time management to deal with. But my biggest concern is how to stay out of jail. And <laughs> we'll talk about that with Dr. Norm after the break. <laughs> Is every spare minute of your life filled with some activity, event, or demand? If so, you could be suffering from a very common American disease. It's called overcommitment, and it has seeped into every area of our lives. I'm Dr. Linda, the relationship doctor, and yes, I'll admit it, I've fallen prey to overcommitment in my life just like I imagine you have. Saying no occasionally is the best defense against overcommitment. But if it's too late and you're already overcommitted, here's a little tip to help you make it through. In the busiest days, you can still stop and take five just for yourself. When your heart is racing and your thoughts are whirling inside your head, your effectiveness just plummets. But if you'll pause right in the middle of all the hubbub, maybe close your eyes, breathe deeply, and remind yourself that the current task will be completed, you'll feel an immediate sense of relief. Then you can head back into the job at hand with renewed focus and energy. And when the next chance comes to overcommit, it comes your way. You can work on your priorities by just saying, hey, no. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. And remember that the podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Just go to MyFaithRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Dr. Linda, our guest this week is our very own producer, Dr. Norm Mental. That's right. We know him well. And you're, uh, well, you're married to him. <laughs> I really know him well. <laughs> you can follow his blogs, Dr. Norm Mental at medium.com. Okay, Dr. Norm, the third question in your series on how we will measure success in life. This is the one that intrigues me the most. Not so much how it was presented, but how it applies to me as well. Okay, okay. Um, how can I be sure that I can stay out of prison? <laughs> Do you think about that at any kind of it time in your life? It keeps no. me awake at it night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's an intriguing question only because of how it's phrased. Right. Yes. Because it gets our attention like, wait, stay out of jail. I never even thought about going to jail. <laughs> That's right. Hope we don't go to jail. Exactly. <laughs> well, when I look back, part of my doctoral dissertation, I interviewed Jim Baker, who some mm. people will recognize that name. And it was after he was released from prison. And he had moved to Missouri, where he had started a new life. He had a new wife, a new TV show. But he was the same old Jim Baker in some ways. And throughout the afternoon, our conversation ranged pretty widely. And at the end, I said, I, I, I thought about this ahead of time. I thought, if I have a moment, I'm going to ask him this. And so we finished, and he was in a good mood. And I said, Jim, you know what? I have a theory about what happened to you and how things kind of all got derailed. And to my pretty big surprise. He was interested to hear more. So here's what I said <laughs> with trepidation. I said, okay, I'm going to guess that the first time you sinned, and remember that he had sinned with a church secretary, and then they covered it up, and then there was all sorts of fraud and other things going on at what was called PTL, the Praise the Lord Club. I said, the first time you sinned, you crossed a line that you knew God had put there. And, and I kind of imagine you recoiling with horror, like, what have I done? And you repented and you begged God to forgive you. And of course he did. And they goes, yep, yep, I sure did. The second time you did it, it was probably pretty similar, but about the third and fourth and 
however many other times, suddenly you weren't feeling quite as guilty. And, and in fact, you thought, wait a minute, I don't see any consequence to my sin. I wonder if God is making an exception just for me because I'm so important to the kingdom. Ooh. And he looked at me and I said, see, what I think happened is you mistook momentum for God's mm. blessing. And he goes, what? What do you mean momentum? I said, well, I, what I did was I used a metaphor of an old-fashioned steam engine train. You know, we TV guys, we see movies in our heads, so that's what <laughs> I was doing. I said, I see this little train running down the track, and God, who had withdrawn his spirit because of your ongoing sin, was no longer putting logs in the fire to fuel your train's engine. But because it had been going so fast for so long, the momentum kept the train rolling down the track, and you mistook that momentum for God's ongoing mm. blessing and God not paying attention to your sin because you were so important. Wow. That's sure something that we all need to think about in terms of some of the things we're seeing in the culture with some of the religious abuses and what has happened. It gives a lot of pause to think about. You know, one of the things that you also talked about, you wrote something in one of the blogs, I can't remember which one, about avoiding the margins. What did you mean by that? Well, I think the solution to staying out of jail. Help me out here. Am I staying out of the margin or staying out of jail? jail what, or getting one? off the train <laughs> or right. what are you last, doing with all of these last, metaphors? Last time I checked, I was on a steam engine. So what's going on here? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm confusing you here, Chris. Every day we are confronted with an opportunity to get outside the margin or call it the sidelines or the borders. You know, there are a lot of ways to look at a football field has sidelines. You go outside, can't do that kind of thing. We have an opportunity to choose a shortcut or to do it, what we call an end around. Let me not do it the real way or the right mm. way. Let me find a shortcut to get this done. Sometimes we flirt with the margins, the edges of financial or personal or spiritual integrity. And the honest Christian who wants to be successful in God's eyes in life knows the difference between right and wrong. We just know the difference. That's right. Kids know the difference. That's why yeah. did they act guilty when mom says, did you know? I, you know, that kind of a mm -hmm. thing. So mm -hmm. the opportunity to fudge just a little bit, no one's going to know. Oh, I'll just do it just this one time. Never happens quite that way. Always pop up. So if you go back and you look at and study fallen leaders, political leaders, Christian leaders, church leaders, anybody who's fallen throughout time, you're going to find that at some point they fell victim, just like Eve did, to being derailed at some point of their own personal integrity. So to stay out of jail, we have this one resource, which is God's presence living within us. And if we just listen to that convicting, uh, 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 that little moment that the Spirit whispers in our ear, you're getting close to the margin avoid the margins, don't go out of bounds, we will find that it works for us. And that's my most reliable stay-out-of-jail card for you, Chris. <laughs> there you go. You got Great. it. You Thank got you. the answers to that. Well, listen, wow, this was a great conversation. I feel like we could keep going with this. But now you know the three questions to ask. How will you measure your life? Give it some thought. Give it some intention. Think about what was said today. I think it'll help in all areas of your life. 
Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation, and our special guest, Dr. Norm Mintel, from all of us here at Faith Radio. Hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.